This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. Hey folks, Steve Sponskowski coming to you live from Abbey of the Hills in Marvin, South Dakota, along with Deacon Paul Trinan, and this is our new segment of Honor Our Fathers. And so what we've done is asked you to nominate the priests, the fathers in your life, the spiritual fathers in your life, as we know, as Catholics, we see our priests as our spiritual fathers. And so we want to honor our fathers. We have so many great priests across our listening area, really trying to guide us to that closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so in this time of struggle in the church, which is, okay, in, we just the, the history of the church has been struggle because guess what? We're human beings and there always will be struggle. But guess what? We also have hope in Jesus Christ. And so we want to look for the hope in our own backyard because there's a lot of hope in our backyard. And that comes from our own, our fathers, our spiritual fathers. And so we've, uh, you, many of you have sent in your, your names of the, the fathers in your life who have guided you um, in this earthly journey, this pilgrimage. And so we would like to now honor our, this, our father, uh, Father Dennis Schaefer of the Diocese of Bismarck. He's the pastor of St. Lawrence in Flasher, um, St. Teresa in Carson, and St. Gertrude in Raleigh, uh, North Dakota. And uh, so his name was entered along with a, a bunch of other names, and, and uh, we drew his name. We'll continue to do this every week, so send in uh, the priest, the, the father that we, you would like to honor. And so we have uh, a note from Valeria, who has... Uh, who entered father into this, uh, I don't want to call it a competition, this, uh, <laughs> this thing <laughs> that we're doing. Um, and so Valeria says, uh, father is actually on vacation this week. He's visiting his sister, um, sister Jean Louise. Um, but we wish him a happy birthday on his birthday is July 3rd. So father, but here's a message that Valeria shared with us. She said, I have a couple things to say about father. He is a true shepherd. He is celebrating his 30th Jubilee as a priest this summer. And even when he is on vacation, he takes time to attend burials, drive out and, and, and of the state to help friends, and have mass and adoration because he, wouldn't, he would miss it if he didn't. She said, when my dad came to live with me seven years ago, I introduced him to Father after mass. The next week, Father shook his hand and called him by his name. As we walked home, my 82-year-old dad turned to me and smiled and said, he knew my name. Hmm. I think, she said, I think Father's motto is come. He says, come to church. Come to Mass, come to confession, come to adoration, come to the stations, come to Jesus, come to God, come and get ready for everlasting life. And she said, out of three parishes, their three parishes are so blessed to have a Father Dennis as their shepherd. And so, Father, we would like to honor your service, um, your answer to the call of the priesthood, and we're going to honor that. It's a tiny token. We're going to have uh, send you a dozen donuts from the local area uh, and to, to have and to share. Mm-hmm. Um, just a token of our appreciation for your great service as a spiritual father. The first word that she used to describe her parish priest just struck me so much. She said, he is a true shepherd. And it reminds me of what Pope Francis said, that we're, especially us in the clergy, are called to be shepherds and smell like our sheep. Mm. And I probably shouldn't hit the... the um, seat when I do that. That's probably That's not okay. a good radio thing. <laughs> but to smell like our sheep. And then she goes on to describe that, how it affects her 82-year-old dad, who's just new, and come, come, inviting, inviting, evangelizing 
to come. And then the last line that she used, come and get ready for everlasting life. What a beautiful, what a beautiful tribute. Thank you, Father Dennis. Thank you to everybody that responded to this new, uh, new opportunity Absolutely. To spread the calories of donuts. And we're, <laughs> folks, we're, gonna, <laughs> we're, we're not doing this to help out the bakeries in the local area, but no, that's no. okay. And, and actually, these donuts are being donated by a local business um, for this. And, uh, okay, and it's actually my wife. Um, I, I don't have the script on that in front of me, but uh, f- it's, uh, she's donating this for this event. Um, and, but if your business would like to underwrite, that um, this honoring our fathers, uh, let us know. But also uh, continue to put your names, uh, the names of the priests who have a positive effect on your life uh, up on our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com. Let's uh, talk a little bit more, uh, Deacon, about Abbey of the Hills. Yeah. Uh, some of the events. So, so if uh, people are looking for a place to have a uh, retreat, a uh, family gathering, uh, uh, talk, talk to us about what you do here. You know, I always... Th- we were talking about this off air. It is such a big geographic footprint for you guys from the middle of Wisconsin out towards Gillette and beyond and Wyoming and North and South Dakota. Um, the Abbey of the Hills probably isn't re- somebody that, that you guys know, but it used to be a Benedictine Abbey run by Benedictine monks up until about five years ago. They, sh- they shut down and now it's been turned into this nonprofit and it it's an outreach or an apostolate that reaches out in terms of um, uh, spiritual retreats and um, family reunions. Um, and we're also doing um, musical and um, artistic types of things. We're going to have a big concert coming up on July the 21st, uh, on a Christian band called Unspoken who may be recognized by folks on Rapid City. They're just coming back from Hills Alive out there and heading back to Nashville. We're blessed enough to have them come on July 21st. We're going to do a 5 p.m. concert. Um, that will be open to the public. Very very neat thing, outdoor mm-hmm. concert here in the beautiful grounds of the Abbey. So we'll push the deer and the wild turkeys aside and, and invite folks to come to the Abbey. Well, well, they can join the concert too, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, but a lot of the deers around here don't sing on, on key just oh. right. So <laughs> They could dance though, right? They can, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful area, folks. When Brandon and I were pulling in this morning, we passed five deer. There were like three fawns and a couple of does and uh, scampering across the road. And uh, it was, it's a beautiful area. Uh, we got uh, some heavy rain this morning, but now it's kind of lightened. We, are, we actually have the windows open behind us and hear the birds. And beautiful the area. And the bells. Yep, and the bells every 15 minutes. So uh, if you're looking for more information on Abbey of the Hills, it's abbeyofthehills.org. A great uh, opportunity to have a retreat, to have a family gathering, a business gathering, a Christmas party, whatever you will, um, a beautiful area, and a great opportunity for, thanks for letting us be here with you, Deacon. It uh, is our pleasure, really. We're honored to have you. We really are. uh, Cool. All right, that's abbeyofthehills.org. And folks, uh, so again, 
we're talking here a little bit about, we were just talking about Honor Our Fathers, and the Honor Our Fathers donuts were brought to you by Jacinta Splonskowski of Town & Country Realty, serving the Fargo and Moorhead and surrounding area. For more information, you can call her at 701-388-3948. And if you would like to underwrite the Honor your Honor Our Fathers segment, you can call 877-795-0122. We really want to do this for as long as you all want to do it. So as long as you keep putting the names in of our beloved priests, who are such a beautiful example of Christ in our lives, uh, we want to continue to honor them. I always think of priests, I always put them in a category, and, and I've actually put you in this category. We've got a, a guest priest coming in in a few minutes. But I always say, I don't say they're my favorite priest, because I'd get into trouble, but I always say they're my t- one of my top three priests of all time. Hmm. And I've got about 30 or 40 of them that are actually in that, but I can say that with some wiggle room. And, yeah. yeah. So, Go ahead. Well, you can say it with some wiggle, with some wiggle room because, you know, then people aren't saying, "Oh, I'm his top one." Or, <laughs> but um, there's so many top three priests, and and Father Dennis just sounds awesome. Um, he's serving those people uh, over in the middle of the state of North Dakota. I, I looked up; it was a little bit southwest of the Bismarck area, about a half an hour or so. And these rural parishes are just blessed to have great, great priests. So, thank you, Father Dennis, and thank you, Valerie. Valeria. Valeria. Yeah. Thank you, Valeria, for, um, um, for calling in and writing in and, and uh, recognizing what a gift he is. So Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, folks, 877-795-0122. If you want to call in, and uh, you can also go on your, our, your com and enter your priest into honor our fathers. And if you have any questions, don't be afraid to give us a call or send us a note also there. Um, so, also... As you can hear, sounds like somebody's dialing the phone, or or it's straight talk, and so that phone number also is 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. We're going to be here with you until 9.57 to answer your questions, but guess what? You don't have to listen to me answering because I'll probably do it wrong. Um, the deacon would probably do well, but uh, we're going to turn to Father Michael Wensing, who is in studio with us. Good morning, Father. Good morning. How are you doing today? Wonderful. That rain was uh, beautiful, but we're plenty wet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the Lord knows what we need. I'm not sure why he does what he does sometimes. Oh, it, it, the lawns love it. Yeah, the lawns love it. So, And our lawnmowers, well, you know, they need something to do, I guess. So, mm. If you have a questions, you can call into 877-795-0122, or you can uh, send your question into us via Facebook, Real Presence uh, Radio at Facebook. Um, is there any other way, Brandon? Uh, you can uh, go to our website and send in a question. Any way you want, we'll get you the question. Uh, get the question to your Father Michael Wensing, 877-795-0122 is the quickest way. Father uh, Wensing, talk to us a little bit about, about, so where are you at right now? Holy Name of Jesus Parish in, in Watertown, uh, okay. South Dakota, which is about 35 miles from here. Uh, in the, the, my, I was born there, so I, I'm still... Uh, honoring the fourth commandment because dad's alive i'm power of attorney he's 95 so i it was part of the reason i got assigned there to take care of my parents in their final years of life mm-hmm. and uh, but I've, I've been all over the diocese in my assignments in sioux falls and i was on the faculty at north american college in rome for a while and then mount st mary seminary in, in emmitsburg maryland where i was professor of old and new testament and formation of seminarians we had about 21 priests uh, ordained from Mount St. Mary's until we uh, moved again back to uh, our main uh, seminaries in uh, 
in the Minneapolis St. Paul, St. John Vianney and St. Paul Seminary, although we do use IHM Seminary and a few other seminaries around the country, and we always tend to have a couple of men in the room. Now, that's great. You're a worldwide priest. You've done some wonderful things. But back in the late 70s, weren't you the vocations director for the diocese? 19... And didn't you go down to, to Yankton, South Dakota, and talk to a young man named Paul Trine, trying to pull him into the priesthood? 1979 to 1982. <laughs> yes, I remember that. And uh, what a great gift. I come full circle back to South Dakota, to Watertown, and guess who's uh, uh, the man of the Abbey? He's a deacon now. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, he gave his life to God in a, in a vocation of marriage and a permanent deacon. The influence yeah. of Father was awesome. And, 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 and don't think that anybody out there, that if, 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 you're in, if you're trying to influence a young man or a woman towards a religious life, and that doesn't happen immediately, that those are unfruitful conversations. They're fruitful. They're fruitful. Sometimes they take um, years to mature and germinate, if you would. But, oh, it's just so good to, to come back again and... And reconnect. And, and he's great around here at the Abbey. He is my go-to guy. If I have any concerns or diocesan concerns or uh, need some help, he is always there for us. So, All right. Well, Father Michael Wensing is here for you, too, at 877-795-0122. Or on Facebook, send us your questions uh, and let us know what you're looking for. Now, Father, you said you were an instructor in Old and New Testament. Correct. So people have questions on the Old and New Testament um, you can probably answer some of those questions, or maybe all of them, um, or at least give us some direction. And let me, let me, since we just finished the segment, and I know we have not just you know not just our Catholic brethren, uh, brothers and sisters, listening to, to Real Presence Radio, but also some of our non-Catholic brothers and sisters. And uh, I, I want to start out with a little question, if you don't mind. Um, we just did a segment called Honor Our Fathers, and obviously many of our uh, non-Catholic brothers and sisters say, you know, Christ says, call no man father. But as Catholics, we understand that in a different light uh, when Christ says, call no man father. He didn't say, you know, so why do we call, still call our priests father if Christ says that? Do you have some in, insight on that? <laughs> you know, the context of, uh, of that statement was to call uh, no man father, but it said, call no one teacher, call no one rabbi. And no one runs around and says, I'm never going to call you teacher in the classroom. Mm-hmm. It's been, a, unfortunately, a very much, I used to call it a fundamental attack question to kind of set up uh, Catholic people, catch them off guard, because they never say, uh, we're, never gonna t- we're not going to tell the Jewish people, to call, don't you be calling your leaders rabbi. They, it never comes up. It's only just one uh, portion of the three. But then, of course, they neglect St. Paul, who himself was celibate. But he talked about himself being a spiritual father to uh to his people, the ones that he had evangelized or even baptized or had laid hands upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said uh, he had these spiritual children. And it's in that uh, very same spirit of St. Paul that we assume the same kind of fatherhood or hopefully can be um, uh, honoring that fatherhood that St. Paul and the other apostles and their successors, bishops and priests down to this day, that uh, that's a fundamental nature of our our life and vocation is to father people into the faith, father people into the sacraments, father people into the kingdom of God. And, and you know, it's head of household in the sense that parish is a family unit. And we don't usually think of that. We're such an individualized uh, uh, religious uh, identity society. You know, I, I'll have my own spiritual path. I'll, I'll figure out my own journey on my own. 
and we have come from the basic tradition of uh, there is a family I belong to, and it's the parish family, and this is where my marriages, my baptisms, my burials happen, and where I worship together every weekend. Mm-hmm. So who's the pater familias, the, the father of the family, you know, the bishop-appointed pastor? Um, you know, a lot of people will greet me saying, hi, pastor, and I, I really treasure that too because Pope uh, John Paul uh, and... and uh, St. John Paul II and our present Holy Father have have often used that word of pastor because it fundamentally means shepherd. Uh, it's very good. I'm always just a little curious if, if they're using it as a substitute for father because I think, you know, they're equal, but uh, but I don't pursue it unless they pursue it. All right, 877-795-0122. Let me say that again. <laughs> I said that really fast. 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two. If you want to call in and have Father Michael Wensing answer your question, he is the pastor at again. Give me the parish. Holy Name of Jesus. Holy Name of Jesus Parish in in uh, Watertown, South Dakota. Here, just down the road, thirty-five miles. You said. Yeah. And uh, so, Father Michael Wensing, I'll ask you qu- answer your question at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or send it in on Facebook. You know, I, I I teach confirmation back at my home parish and. And sometimes I'll have a class just devoted to, like we're doing right now on the on on the radio, where people, the kids can just ask me whatever's on their mind, and I always call it stump the deacon, <laughs> and maybe straight talk might m- meld into stump the priest. I don't know, but here's a question that I go and I, I do um um home visits as a deacon, and I, it's one of the greatest blessings I have. And there's this group of people that are I call them my 44 step church. I have to go up 44 steps to get to their high-rise apartment. And there's, there's five of us that gather. We do the readings. And then we talk and we receive communion. Then we talk about spiritual things. And they just ask such great questions. So this, this last Saturday morning I was there, and one of the guys says, Hey, what's the deal on Pope Francis and the translation of the Our Father? And I thought, that might be a good thing to ask. I gave my feeble response as I could, but what's your tr- what's your take on that, Father Mike? I've always wondered, you know, as you meditate on the Lord's Prayer, that's always kind of a tricky mental thing when you get to lead us not into temptation. Big part of the problem is we inherited the original English translations Translation. of the Bible from the British, uh, in the English. Uh, people, uh, I mean, even the early church, uh, Douay Reims translating the Vulgate, and it was British influence. And we've received a number of, of the translations with British influence, and 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 we did not uh, uh, we did not seem to react so, uh, as I would say, uh, confusedly when uh, we had for centuries uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we were finally uh, told that the better translation is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, spirit. which segued into the Mass now, the Lord be with you and with your spirit, et cum spiritu tu. So, you know, we said, wow, that was just a kind of a, a not a, a, an American uh, or English translation of the modern world to say ghost instead of spirit. And we did the segue, better translation. And I, I do believe the Holy Father is, is correct. I had to go back to my... Uh, Grammar in Hebrew and Greek, the Greek one especially, of course, uh, because Jesus 
probably prayed the prayer in Aramaic, and there are some uh, variant texts in, uh, of, in Syria of Aramaic and, and ancient Hebrew that does give variant uh, translations. But it, but he uh, grew up and, and preached and was archbishop and, and cardinal in Argentina, where Spanish is prominent. If you look at the Latin American Bible and all the Spanish prayers in that part of the world, it's no, no nos dejas caer en tentaciones. Do not us, allow us to fall into temptation. So why is the English translation different than the Spanish? Mm. They come from the original uh, language, the Greek New Testament. So that's why I was looking up the grammar. And it, it is, in the uh, breakdown of the original word, they showed that uh, the, uh, the, uh, the verb, like most languages, it's hard to translate literally into another language. But the, uh, the grammatical people uh, in, in uh, commenting on that particular verb in Greek, uh, of, we call it lead or do not allow, or is, is you have the option, mm. allow or lead. And so the Spanish took, and, and many other languages, many other church Bibles throughout the world, we have you know thousands of translations now, but it all goes back to the original text, uh, Matthew, uh, the uh, end of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Lord's Prayer, and uh, we, like I told my people in, in a couple of weeks ago at, at Holy Name at uh, Sunday Homily, I said, you know, sometimes we have to change what we inherited from the old British understanding of translation, and uh, and look at the original language. Do not allow us. And I've had some lay people come up to me since then. Says, you know, in my private prayer. I'm starting already to pray. Uh, do not allow us to fall into temptation. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty much an English thing because the Spanish, the Italians, they're all going to say, the Portuguese are going to say, what, what is he talking about? I guess that must be their language. Because oh, yeah. We have no trouble. We're pray, already praying, do not allow us to fall into temptation, right. you know, if they translate from the Spanish and the Italian in, into English. I was I, talking to a Protestant brother of mine, a friend, and he said, you know, that actually, that actually makes sense, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to get... My Protestant friend to agree with the Pope, that's kind of a big deal. There you go. You're listening to the voice of Father Michael Wenzing and then also Deacon Paul Trinan. This is Steve Sponskowski. We're coming to you live from the Abbey of the Hills in, in Marvin, South Dakota. And your question is up next at 877-795-0122. I've got a, a Tanya on the, on the phone here from Minnesota. Tanya, what's your question? Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I had a question about the Gospel on Sunday, where uh, it talks about Jesus uh, invites uh, one of the apostles or disciples um, to follow him, and they talk about, you know, can I go back and say goodbye to my folks? And Jesus talks about, you know, when you put your hand to the plow on the back, you're not fit for the kingdom of heaven. So I, I was just wondering if I could get the explanation of, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that Jesus wasn't against him going back and saying goodbye to his folks, uh, or maybe he was. I don't know. I was wondering if you could kind of give me, like, a, a historical context, and, like, a, is there, like, a deeper meaning in that, uh, just so I can kind of, like, understand that a little bit better. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of uh, things mixed in there, the metaphor of agriculture and uh, being a, a product of uh, a South Dakota farm back in the days when we actually did mullboard plowing or had to cultivate our corn 
uh, one thing Dad taught us, don't look back. You're going to rip out a whole row of corn when you're cultivating. You know, focus, focus, focus. Uh, and uh, and I, I was thinking that Sunday, I didn't preach on it to tell the people, I think gradually more of our people were just using no-till, and, and uh, they, they don't understand the agricultural image of focus, focus, uh, dedicate. If you look back uh, and think, well, I wish... Back, I wish I could go back and you know live this. This is a little tough. Uh, this focus, total focus. So, but it helps us understand that Jesus says you're giving of yourself to the kingdom of God to follow Him is a total reality, and he uses some real human examples. You know, burying my father or, or going back and say goodbye. But sometimes Jesus speaks in hyperbole too, which means uh, are you using it as an excuse to dawdle, to look back? to uh, not focus and not follow, you'll lose sight of me because I'm still moving. Are you going to move with me? Because by the time you do that, you won't even know where I'm at. I'm going through the villages, etc. I'm moving on to. And then, of course, he knew his time was short, and even their time was going to be short. St. Peter's, you know, and, and Andrew, they had to leave their father and move right away with him. Later, after the resurrection, guess what they're doing? They went back to fishing. Uh, they dug out the, the boats from the mothballs, and, and they don't say if their father's still alive or if they've buried him, but, you know, there's going to be a chance you're going to have a reunion in the end, all of us, uh, ultimate goodbyes when we uh, are in the kingdom of God together. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we can explore more layers of this, but that's, that's my take on it right now. That's good. Okay. Does that answer your question? Yeah, thanks. And uh, right. uh, Tanya is also calling from a tractor right now, so she's such a mess. It's kind of funny that you say that, Father, because I'm, I'm I'm mowing a road ditch, and and rule number one is always look back. Yeah. Well, good thing Jesus. Good thing Jesus didn't say mowing; he said plowing. So, exactly. <laughs> yes. so, so I guess mowers are supposed to look Thank back, you, but if you're plowing, you're welcome. You're you're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thanks, All right. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for that question. Your question also is up next at 877-795-0122, or you can send it in on Facebook. Here's a, a note from somebody saying, uh, people are nominating their priests on Facebook this morning with several of them talking about the great spiritual examples of those priests. Can you speak to how the spiritual spirituality of the priesthood can lead others to wanting a closer relationship with Jesus? Well, you know... You have to live by example and uh, and, I, and by presence. Um, I came back to the community where I was uh, where I was born and uh, raised, and I remember when a bishop assigned me to Watertown. I said, "You know, this is great because I do want to take care of my parents." I said, but I'm fearful that it might be like Nazareth. You know, they might throw me off Holy Name Hill. You know, uh, <laughs> because I have too many cousins, etc. That has been a great aid, of course. People. Uh, my cousins are introducing me to people. So I, I found that I can't be in a rush like I tend to be when I go to the grocery store. I can't be. I mean, you preach from the pulpit. You do everything with fervent uh, desire and, and uh, zeal when you're doing the sacraments. But just presence when you're doing little things like grocery shopping, uh, going out at the hardware store. Always be ready to pause. Smile. And then and, 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 and people, uh, if you're paused and they see you aren't, uh, you know, bullet-driven to get through the checkout line, then they start talking. So that's part of the spirituality. I think Pope Francis is so good about the smell of the sheep, you said, Deacon Paul, is that you just kind of stand in the midst of the flock sometimes and have that presence, which is a learning curve for me because anyone who knows me, I'm a purpose-driven life guy, and and I've had to readapt to to slow down. But to have that intentional 
that intentional pause built into your day and that that's inspiring because i i'm the same way and i get that from you steve you know you talked about we're going to move boldly ahead we can do that but to build in time for the holy spirit to bring these people that's right and and and, you know you said how spirituality of priests helped other people in their spirituality well this is a call for all the baptized to pause uh, for the person in front of you because so many of us you know are stuck on the iPhone I mm-hmm. see that all the time oh hi hi there okay I'm, I, I'm taking this text okay you know just kind of waving at you like this and with their head bent uh, there so I think it's a wake-up call for all of us uh, baptized uh, <laughs> throughout the land not just priests but that's a spirituality of presence we need to reclaim presence with one another uh, you know because uh, we can have the distraction of shopping but even while we're shopping I see people glued to that umbilical cord of their cell phone you know yeah. we do this thing through the the diocese of New Ulm where our bishop Bishop John Lavore does a hope and healing service and we just had one in Madison, South Dakota, um, a couple of Fridays ago, and he brought us out and said that everybody, everybody, radio hosts, deacons, everybody is wounded. Everybody's wounded, and they need to see Christ in us. And if we're going like you're saying, Father, and we're looking at our handheld and we're just buzzing through the line or buzzing, Christ isn't present to them, is he? No, and as you said a moment ago too, and you're personally not allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of give you an intuitive idea. This this person is uh, needs my presence, or is kind of looking just as high and is moving on. But always, sometimes they'll say, ask the question or small conversation. It starts uh, a relational uh, connection. Oh, it's great. Your question is up next on eight at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We're here for you to answer any of your questions and love to chat with you. So eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two on Straight Talk. You can also join us on Facebook at Real Presence Radio. We have a question on the phone here from Francesca in Holly. Francesca, how are you this morning? Um, I'm good. <laughs> you have a question for Father Wensing. Yes. Go ahead. Um, I was wondering if when Adam and stuff, when they lived, when they lived a really long time, if their calendar was the same as ours is today. So you're talking about how, like in Scripture, it says Adam was almost a thousand years old and <laughs> Moses was 800 and something years old. So, Father, so how yeah. do we understand that? Well, you know, in the first 11 chapters of, uh, of Genesis, often they call this the uh, prehistory, our story starts with Father Abraham. I mean, unless you have a Jewish people to tell the story, there was no storyteller. So around the, you always know, say Abraham and his descendants around the campfire, it had to come to them to tell uh, the story of or- origins, the Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah, etc. Because there were no storytellers, no Jewish people, no chosen people yet. No one called uh, relating to the one God, monotheism. So once I had my students into that mentality, I said, there were a lot of things that were highly symbolic. Once we just take the Arabic numeral system for granted, you know. But once a nephew gave me a great example, when I was down in the basement in the farm, uh, you know, kind of a, our typical farm basement it would get crickets in the summer because it was just unfinished and we had the potato bin down there and everything uncle mike oh my there's a zillion crickets now he said now cody 
you've learned to count. I mean, let's start counting. There was 13 crickets. <laughs> but he, that was a huge number to him, a zillion crickets. And before he had a real concept of eternal life uh, beyond earth, because in early scriptures, they believed in God, but your blessing and your heaven and your reward came here because you're kind of in a zombie shadowy existence after you died. I mean, it was a long time before, uh, you know, the idea of resurrection, obviously, all the way to the New Testament. But, you know, it just starts in the Book of Wisdom and with Maccabees, uh, the whole uh, faith in the resurrection. In the early years, you a proclamation of a person's long life on earth was really proclaiming God's blessing on you. And you have to say there was, yes, uh, impre- they, they didn't have the precision mathematics we have. So a lot of these were like uh, like we have in Jesus's parables, metaphor. Uh, we have symbolic uh, numbers, or like my nephew. He wasn't lying one bit. He was telling the truth. To him, it was a perception of a zillion crickets. And you know, to them, it says, he really lived a long life. God blessed him. How long? I don't know, a zillion years. I mean, so pretty soon they put some numbers to it, but it was a symbolic number because you were really rewarded here and more than in afterlife. In your children, see your children to the third and fourth generation and to die in the land the Lord God had given you. Those were the two profound blessings uh, from heaven uh, to a faithful follower of the covenant. And so uh, it was so good. You know, that's what Joseph said when he was dying in Egypt. He said to his descendants, the 12 tribes, sons, he said, be sure to take my bones up. Or Jacob said that. And then Joseph later did that uh, for his father, Jacob, to say he could be buried in the land God gave us. Yeah, that was a big, big, big deal. So I'm saying to our, our questioner that uh, you have to say some of these numbers are symbolic in earliest chapters of Genesis, uh, representing a truth. We say that Scripture always teaches truth. And what's the truth? That God does bless faithfulness. So we don't honor in the West as much as the uh, Eastern Church honors Saint Adam and Eve, you know. Uh, they uh, always have uh, that uh, day uh, before Christmas mm-hmm. as the redemptive day for Adam and Eve when Jesus descended among the dead, he uh, uh, first uh, gave them the chance to come to belief in him, their descendant, and that they celebrate that they did, you know. So uh, their, their redemption. So no matter how long Adam and Eve lived on earth, uh, in the end it was about them coming to faith in Jesus as well. Absolutely. So Francesca, does that answer your question? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Have a good day. I love Thanks. it. Okay, bye-bye. All right, so your question at 877-795-0122. We've got about four and a half minutes for your question with Father Michael Wensing. And uh, we're coming to you live from Abbey of the Hills here in Marvin, South Dakota. And uh, Steve Splinskowski here along with Deacon Paul Trinan. And uh, we're taking your calls at 877-795-0122. So uh, if, if nobody's called in just yet, I've got a question for you in between. So, Father... I, I'm, I was talking to Steve and to, to Brandon off air. I got the opportunity of a lifetime to go overseas and visit a brother of mine who's in Russia. We're also going to stop in Poland, Steve's <laughs> home country, and, and visit some sites there. But there in, in, in Russia, they're a member of the Eastern Orthodox Church versus us. And Poland is Roman Catholic. I get a lot of questions about the difference between the two. And we don't only have a short amount of time, but... In a nutshell, 
can you explain to the folks the difference between the Eastern Orthodox Catholic Church right. and the Roman Catholic Church? The, the, the ones that are in union with the Pope are called Uniate. And, you know, there's a variety of, uh, of like the Byzantine, the Ukrainian, mm-hmm. that are they're a minority, obviously, from the official Russian Orthodox who... Uh, their spiritual leader is the patriarch of Moscow, you know, yeah. and they all uh, say that they're uh, whether it's the Greeks or the Russians that take ecumenical patriarch is the is the Pope of the East, of you know would have been a descendant of Constantinople now, Istanbul. But in any event, uh, the uh, the many are 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 those who have converted back. Some stayed faithful from the. From the time of the breakup back, I believe, 1054 with the great schism of the East and the West. And there's always been a, a minority, but they wanted to worship in the same rite that all their brothers and sisters worshipped in. Uh, there are 23 rites in the church. We always think the Latin rite, it's the majority, it's the largest. But there's the Coptic rite and the Byzantine rite, Carpathian and, and the Malachite rite, etc. Mm. And, and so to... Uh, when I was in Rome, I sometimes would say Mass with my classmate in uh, Scripture. He was Byzantine out of Pennsylvania. And it was, I mean, it, it, it's sometimes it's almost indistinguishable. A lot of incense, a lot of icons, lot iconostasis, of icons. A, a dividing wall between you and, and the Holy of Holies where the Eucharist takes place. And they come out to the open door with incense and to bless people with Holy Communion before they receive. It was it's beautiful. I mean, it, but it's it's a, a style that uh, I remember once when you know, I was in St. Paul Seminary and they brought in a Byzantine priest to say a Mass for the seminary so he could be exposed the other right to the other rights. And so many seminarians says, that wasn't legit, was it? <laughs> they were all going back, and a professor says, it was just as legit as our Mass. Mm. It is Mass. Mm. It's in this right. So we have, to, we have to give great tribute to those who, in a minority situation, in a very political climate, whether yeah. it's Russia, Ukraine, or uh, Eastern Poland, etc., who stayed faithful, believing in the unity of the Church under the Holy Father. So I have a question here. Uh, it was written in, Father. It says, uh, in the wedding feast of Cana, uh, Mary is addressed as woman when Jesus says, woman, what is this concern of yours? Why does he say woman instead of mother? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mother. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, you could get I, yourself into some trouble here. I could. I, yeah, yeah, I'd we'll, like to we'll see walk, him more carefully in <laughs> this one. But, you know, it was. it's not so much a term of respect. It's almost, in our culture, it's almost, if I said that to someone in my family, to a sister or a mother, even if a husband says it to a wife, it's kind of a put down. But it was a high level of, uh, of uh, dignity. It was a title, uh, 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 a dignified title. Okay. And uh, but you know, it it might even um, even the Book of Revelations later, as we see, talks about the woman clothed, you know, uh, with the sun and, and and the stars, referring to Mary. So it became uh, an ideal title that this was the woman of women. Uh, and as we say, the, the example of all women. But so they used to, giving this uh, what I call ancient dignified title. He didn't just want it to be a just me and you. He wanted to actually sh- hold her up as a, a as a model for others. So calling her woman that would would seem to be a distancing from him was actually uh, w- yeah giving her a broader dignity uh, for 
future revelation for all of us. Absolutely. Good. Wonderful. Uh, You were just hearing Father Michael Wensing speaking. He's the pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Watertown, South Dakota. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. You're welcome. All right. Thank you for those who called in and wrote in your questions. Reminder that we have a segment up next, uh, Central Time, Monday through Friday up next. We are going to be talking with uh, Bridget Klusner from Rochester, Winona area. And later in the show, you're going to get in some fun events. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Real Presence Live.